What are the main storylines out for the Hornets in Summer League? We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, thanks to Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making us your first listen. As always, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also catch us on YouTube. I'm Walker Mail. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug Branson. You can catch more of his work on his new Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, at hornets.substack.com, where he's venting. Summer is a place for feelings, as he mentioned on his Substack, right. and that's what he's letting you know, his feelings, and giving you game recaps. He gave you a 40-minute podcast version by himself. It's the second time he's done that, when he went solo. He's giving you over 40 minutes, and now he's giving you more Doug Branson content, hornets.substack.com. So you just want to let the people know your thoughts, Doug, letting people know your feelings on all of this. Yeah, get out get out of the way. Give me the ball. Give me the rock. Get out of the paint. Clear the paint. <laughs> Feed Let's my go. boy. <laughs> he's, he's calling for the rock. Feed him. And, man, he's been eating a lot lately with all this content. We do have a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. Lots of storylines. If you look at your Hornets timeline, if you're a part of Hornets Twitter or if you dabble in that village every now and then, there's a few things you might consider is the number one topic of discussion through two games so far. It's not the fact that JT Thor hit a three-pointer in sudden death to give the Charlotte Hornets their first summer league victory in uh, in a couple of years, since 2019. No, it's really all about the individuals when we talk about summer league and maybe how the individuals are affected. So, Doug, I'll ask you, considering all the content that we do have to discuss, what do you think is the number one storyline? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, for me, my number one storyline is JT Thor. I know it's not everyone else's number one storyline, but the more Thor movement looked like it was in pretty bad shape, and all of a sudden he knocks down the three. More Thor went from clanging to stanging. JT Thor, number one in my heart. Uh, But it's not, I don't think it's the number one storyline. I think the number one storyline, it'd probably be a close race between Kai Jones, uh, what's going on with him? Wild two games, if you compare the two games. It would be a, a, a boat race between that and probably the lack of point guard play and how that's affecting uh, really everyone on this team, including, and maybe most importantly, Mark Williams. So th- those would be two. You can break the tie there. What do you think? What's the most important storyline right now? I think everybody would say it's Kai Jones more so. You mm-hmm. could argue Kai Jones is affected by the latter point we just brought up. The fact that you don't yep. have a true point guard. The fact that you don't have ball handlers anywhere, really. This is a team that is void of good passers and void of good ball handlers anywhere. I mean, even if you talk about a Bryce McGowans who was in the backcourt, that was actually one of his weaknesses coming out of Nebraska. Still, the storyline is Kai Jones, Doug, because he's been getting saucy with his comments lately. Not only just last week, July 4th, when they were practicing, getting ready to go out to Las Vegas, Kai said to me, ain't nobody can guard me. I asked him how the seven-foot battles were going down low. He said, it's good. Nobody can guard me. But, yeah, it's been fun. Like, okay. So that got a lot of play. Then we saw, do you have this tweet? Because I know you gave me the quote last night via text message. What was his quote going into the second summer league game? Yeah, this is via Rod Boone from the Charlotte Observer The quote is from Kai, 
The team comes first, and I feel like the team is going to do well when I play well, considering I'm out there playing most of the minutes and the most impactful player on the team in terms of my ability to play on both ends. So I think the better I play, the better the team will play. I would say it's on me, honestly. I've got to make shots and lock in and focus. Okay. <laughs> a Look, direct impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I, not wrong. Well, not wrong, but do you, do you do you know who that reminds me of? Like what the person that I immediately think of when I hear that quote? I think of Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. I think you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. That's there's who a, I think of. But there's a little bit of? of that energy. I'm also getting Deion Sanders energy. Just the mm-hmm. irrational confidence. So Prime Kai, that's what you're thinking of? Pri- I think it's Prime Kai for sure. Mm-hmm. And and look, there's there's nothing wrong with irrational confidence. In fact, I, I feel like if you want to be a star in this league, you do have to have that irrational confidence. They say that about shooters all the time. You know, People who have proven they can shoot and suddenly go through a slump, the thing is, you have to stay irrationally confident and continue to shoot. The problem is, with Kai, we just haven't seen that. Um, so we're getting the irrational confidence first, and we haven't necessarily gotten the results. In game one, he went 0 of 10 from th- from the three-point line. A lot of people would question, wait a minute, why is Kai Jones taking 10 three-pointers? But then in the second game, he follows that up by only taking two shots, one of two 19 minutes was a minus 18. Did some interesting stuff on defense. I thought there were some little things, but overall, just kind of a wild, fluctuating summer league for Kai Jones. Yeah, let's talk about why Kai Jones is the number one storyline. Why it has Kai? To be, well, it, well, right. It has to be providing some context coming into summer league, and mm-hmm. we all had big expectations. Or if you didn't have big expectations, you at least had to be interested in where he was on the development process. Everybody understands that Kai Jones was always going to be a project. Now, the question was really going to be, is it going to take two years before he has a chance to break the rotation? Or is it going to be one year? Can we get on this fast track? After all, JT Thor way ahead of schedule as the second youngest player drafted last year. Where could Kai Jones be since he's actually a couple of years older than JT Thor? He's 21 compared to JT being 19. And I think through two games, you've seen some of the talent that was enticing to the Charlotte Hornets as to why they drafted him at 19 and traded up for him. But I don't think he's as far along as people would hope he'd be, right? Would hope he would be. So I I think to me, he finishes five for five the first game with inside the three-point line. He was great at attacking because he does have some handle to his game. He is close to seven foot. He is extremely athletic, and he finished strong. That was great. But then he missed the 10 three-pointers. And now you see him only take two shots. He did have the nice kind of chase down block where he gets beat, but it doesn't matter because he's so long and athletic. That was awesome. But after that, offensively just really disappeared. I think the processing is really slow to come along. When he would get to the paint yesterday, he would pick up his dribble. There was one play, gets by his guy, kind of gets to the paint and doesn't know what to do with it. So then it's either a turnover or it gets knocked out of bounds and the Hornets keep it, but it was a dead play because Kai just not quite sure what to do with the basketball. I think those are some of the disappointing things. If you were high on Kai or if you wanted him to be a little bit further along than he actually is, I think what you're looking at now, some of the reasons we just discussed are why you might be disappointed by what was an extremely intriguing storyline coming in. And one that I'll continue to pay attention to in the remaining uh, three games that, that the Charlotte Hornets will play in Vegas because I, I'm trying to evaluate, okay, 
were my expectations for Kai a little unfair that maybe, maybe I, I thought he'd be a little farther along, but was that necessarily fair? And, and maybe he is a year away and maybe that's fair. Or am I going to leave Vegas thinking, uh, I don't know if Kai will necessarily ever be ready for like a star turn or, it was or maybe even regulation minutes. Mm-hmm. It was always a risk. We knew that this was always going to be a project and how long it would pan out. And, and really, maybe we didn't give it enough thought if he would pan out. Look, the thing about there, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One, we've seen two games of summer league basketball. OK. Kai Jones gave us some good moments in the G League. So which one do you want to weigh more? The fact that we're this far into the process, two games in to Summer League, or do you want to give more credence to what he did in the G League where there's some kind of rhythm, playing with a better constructed roster, still talented guys there, or do you want to say, well, look, he should be dominating, right? Like this is the time to see a big jump from him. So that's one thing to consider. Also, I want to consider something else, Doug. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I, I want to talk about Kai Jones, how he might be affected from other players around him. Like, how much does that impact what we've seen from Kai Jones and maybe some other players because of a lack of a true point guard? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball regular season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagers information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcast and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing even golf you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts more summer league convo coming up next locked on hornets is locked on hornets They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So one of the questions about Kai Jones, is it all really his fault, Doug? Is it all Kai's fault as to why he's not far along in the process? And I think that's what kind of leads us into the other storyline here. And the fact that we were all worried about there not being a true point guard, that they're not, there's not enough ball handlers on the team, there's not enough really good passers, at least guys that are bringing it up the floor. How much was that going to affect the front court players and just really the entire roster construction? We're seeing that play out through the first two games. Everybody that was scared of that fact, they are being re- that that is serving to be true. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, Jalen Crutcher. He's made a ton of bad passes so far. And this is somebody that was kind of looking for his own shot at times as well. And you have Bryce McGowan's, who I even mentioned this in the first segment too. Bryce McGowan's, I've liked what I've seen for the most part. Didn't hit his shots in game two. First game he did. I'm not going to kill the guy for missing some shots, his second ever organized basketball activity in the NBA. But we all knew that passing wasn't exactly his forte coming out of Nebraska. And now that you don't have anybody to help him, that's your starting two or somebody that's getting a lot of run in the backcourt. Then you have JT Thor, Kai Jones, Mark Williams. I mean, that was always going to be really tough to try to space the floor in the half court or get out and run in transition with somebody that's actually making good decisions and a fast break opportunity. Yeah, Doug, like I think that's had an overall 
general effect on some of these other individuals who we're looking to get the most out of. Here's the stats for that second summer league game for Crutcher. 20 minutes played, one of seven from the field, 0 of two from threes. Really has not been a threat offensively at all. I think over the two games, he's averaging 16% from the field. He was a minus 19 overall, four turnovers to two assists in that second game. Uh, it hasn't been good. And in fact, the team uh, went to Tyshawn Alexander at the end of that game and was much better. Uh, had 22 points on six assists, only three turnovers to six assists, seven of 17 from the field, and obviously hit those three clutch uh, free throws to get them into overtime. So hopefully now they can course correct and you know move towards maybe Ty Tyshawn Alexander and LJ Figueroa taking more of the ball handling responsibilities because Crutcher just hasn't lived up to the opportunity that he got. But the overall point still stands that really I don't think they had enough point guard talent to actually fairly evaluate not only not only Kai Jones, but Mark Williams has, has had to do so much of the work offensively for himself, and we've seen him have touch issues around the rim. We've seen teams like the Pacers throw three defenders at Mark Williams because they knew, hey, this Hornet Summer League team doesn't have enough shooting, and they don't have a ton of ball handling, so we can throw whatever we want at Mark Williams. And so how are we supposed to get a good read uh, on that? Uh, to me, it's, again, just another opportunity of a small way that this franchise has sort of fumbled and stumbled through this offseason and not prepared themselves well enough uh, to, to get into this regular season or even training camp and have a firm understanding of what they've got and what they don't have. You have to ask yourself, what is the goal of Summer League? To me, it's pretty clear that the goal of Summer League is to assess what your investments look like, how to best maximize on your investments. The way that you best <laughs> maximize on Mark Williams, on Kai Jones, on JT Thor is to make a roster that complements your first round picks. A Kai Jones, who you traded up for. A Mark Williams, who maybe you didn't trade up for, but you dealt a pretty good player to get a first round pick because you were so comfortable in investing Mark Williams, right? That's the situation at hand. How do you maximize those guys? And they didn't do it because they didn't get enough ball handling around them, enough enough role players to then enhance the play of your first-round picks. And that's the real problem. Like, Doug Langelo Ball got, I don't know, five minutes? It might have been exactly five minutes. And then he, he snuck in the, yep. the very little bit in the first quarter. But Langelo shot well last summer league session. We kind of need some spacing. Langelo Ball probably needs to play a little more offensively. And, I like... I know a lot of people have been asking for Leangelo to make the active roster. I don't think he's good enough to make the active roster. But Leangelo might be a pretty good guy to have to help others do what they do best. Hey, shoot some threes. Shoot 40%. Become a threat so nobody can leave you. Go into the paint because the half-court offense has been so clogged. And it, because nobody's scared of the shooting, maybe Leangelo needs to see some time. I, I just want to see JT Thor, Kai Jones, Mark Williams all be helped out by the players around him. I think you probably will see Leangelo Ball get some more minutes pretty soon. I assume mm -hmm. that he didn't in this game because he had just rejoined the team, didn't get a lot of practice time with the squad. I don't he was on the protocols, but I don't I don't really know for sure whether he was actually sick or not, but we have seen players who who actually do come down with symptomatic COVID, you know, take a little bit of time to get back into the groove. So it could have been just a situation where uh, they're just trying to ease him in. But we only have three more games to go, so that, that ease needs to happen pretty quickly if they want to see, again, what they have in Leangelo Ball and what they don't have. 
So I agree with you. I think he needs to see some more minutes because anyone who can stretch the floor is going to give you a better look at what Mark Williams can do in space uh, in on offense. Defensively, he's been he's been marvelous. Yeah, let's talk more about Mark because if you were if you're disappointed about what you've seen through the first two summer league games, I think that's generally the consensus on what we've seen so far. But if you were asking for one specific thing coming into summer league, it might've been Kai Jones developing a little more than he has. And so you might be disappointed about that, but I would argue the number one thing I wanted to see coming into summer league was Mark Williams be good at protecting the rim, be a good defensive prospect because that was the number one thing the Hornets were lacking. We talked about that at least four times a week and I was tired of talking about it. You're tired of doing it. And the center market is drying up as the Hornets just kind of chill out with Mark Williams and Nick Richards, who's actually getting more time than Mark Williams. But Mark was excellent defensively, Doug. We'll get to the bad. We've been banging on the Hornets for a while, right? Deservedly so in a lot of areas. What is good is that Mark Williams has been excellent defensively. Immediately upon entering the game, the Lakers knew where he was. When they would drive into the paint, they had to think twice, three times about what that decision was going to be. Do I need to shoot it? Oh, wait, now I'm too late. I need to pass it. Oh, wait, now I'm too late because he's right there. I thought Mark positioned himself really well on some of those screen opportunities. Some of the pick and rolls ran by the opposition, and it forced Scottie Pippen to make a couple of uh, bad decisions. He was swatting alleys. You know, people were hesitant to shoot. Great stuff defensively from Mark Williams, which might have been the most important thing to see coming into summer league. I don't see that very often, swatting an alley. Like, obviously, like swatting someone's shot at him. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty common. Oh, just, just grabbed it and threw it. Didn't even swat it. I mean, we've seen some incredible stuff from Mark Williams defensively. Now, Walker, you know that I have a special place in my heart for players that do it in the box score. You know, I love me some box That's scores. Correct. That's why I started every Hornets box score. My Substack, by the way, hornets.substack.com. It's reader supported. Uh, that's why I started it, because I love players that do it in the box score. My one exception are defensive centers, because I've watched enough basketball to understand that as a defensive center, your impact is going to be on the influence that you uh, you, that you make on players that are driving towards the basket. And you can't count that. You have to watch that and see, oh, that, in fact, this is interesting. This is one area where not having a lot of defensive guard play is actually helping them evaluate Mark Williams. Maybe they sabotage their own offense just so they can bring players that can't keep anybody in front to just throw as many attempts on the defensive end towards Mark Williams. And he's been stepping up to that challenge. He doesn't, except for one, like, I think it was the very first defensive possession of the first game. He bit on a pump fake. I haven't seen him bite since. He stays down, he's disciplined, and he influences things. And then when he gets the opportunity, he swats it in their face. I'm super excited about what Mark Williams can bring as soon as this season. Yeah, there was a drive by Scottie Pippen where I think Mark Williams helped. And then I think I think it was Scottie, maybe it was Max Christie, who had a nice dish away from you know the player that Mark was guarding. But other than that, yeah, he, he was excellent, Doug. That's all great defensively. Offensively, missing a lot of bunnies. Mm-hmm. I think that's nerves, though. Like, I'm not okay. looking at that and saying, I oh, so. man, I'm, I'm really scared about where Mark Williams is going to be offensively. I, I, I think that there's touch. I actually like the pass attempt cross-court to JT Thor. Now, granted, it was dangerous, but I like the idea of looking opposite court seeing if there's anybody open there. That's the kind of processing where I do want to see you take that chance. Dunk the basketball more. 
You know, you led the NCAA in dunks last season. Go ahead and continue to do that. It's a good thing, Mark. But other than that, yeah, like, it, it's a problem. He needs to finish a lot stronger. At the same time, I'm not so deathly worried about that going into the next couple of years or even going into this regular season. I was thinking about you a lot over these past two games because I seem to remember in your scouting report, you couldn't shut up about how Mark Williams' touch was underrated. And, it is. Uh, well, and <laughs> it's, I, still, it's still underrated. It's still, okay. I stand by it's it. Still, we still haven't seen that yet, okay? I'm just saying mm-hmm. that second game gave me – I'm going to say this and I, what I'm, I'm I'm not overreacting. I'm not saying that this is what is actually happening. I'm just saying the vibe I got from from both of these summer league games to be perfectly honest from Mark Williams is on the offensive end is a little bit of a Bismack Biombo vibe. Not in terms oh, of the catch. He's got good is, catch. He can catch the ball, but then when he gets to the rim, it hasn't worked out. I It is I very have, much not Bismack Biombo. You need to you stop it. You stop that right now. He is I'm, not okay. I'm just saying I want to see that improve over the next couple of games. Here's the most important point, though, on Mark Williams. You ready for it? The most important thing that I've seen Mark Williams yeah. do, so stay ready. healthy. Stay healthy. Okay? I, I'm, I Look, I get it. I know you're out there. You're listening right now, and you're going, wait a minute. You guys haven't even mentioned that Nick Richards has started both of these games, and Mark Williams is languishing on the bench, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Here's the thing. I expect Mark Williams to play regular season minutes next season. I don't really expect that from Nick Richards, so I'm good with Mark Williams staying, getting out of Vegas healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. I will say I, I still would rather see Mark Williams more so. I just, If you don't think Nick Richards is going to get time next regular season, I, fair. I would probably agree with you. I would hope so. But that contract is guaranteed. I don't know oh, if they're going to be able maybe. to. Yeah, you know, they're not going to trade. So, like, I don't. Maybe he's on the roster and not helping. He's depth. I mean, time, I think to me, to be on the roster. Yeah, to me, and I, I, this is my prediction. I don't know anything, but I mean, depth chart wise, I just expect Mark Williams to be above Nick Richards when all of this is said and done. But Nick Richards still will probably depth, you know, be play some regular season minutes unless they sign another center. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. We'll see exactly what the Hornets will do. Even it's more so if they point. do anything. Yeah, Not no, a, it's it a good point, but it's a sad point. All right, coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Doug Branson has some summer league beef. He's been waiting to get it off his chest. Beef. We will get to that. In the next segment, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Doug has some beef. We'll get to it. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. NBA TV broadcast. couple problems. One that is consistent and one that we hope is not consistent because hopefully they're done talking about it. Doug, the Miles Bridges convo was all kinds of cringe last night. And they decided to run it back. They went to a commercial break. And during that break, they decided, you know what? Yeah, that was really good, guys. Way to go. Let's talk about Miles Bridges again coming back from break. And they continued to talk about Miles except an on-the-court role this time, what he does well. It was cringe beforehand. Smitty, play-by-play announcer, didn't really know how to talk about it. Chris Haynes had the weird kind of choppy update because it was different than the graphic they were showing. Mm-hmm. Just all very weird and Honestly, uncalled for. You didn't have to talk about it. 
if you were going to talk about it that way, then it would have been 10 times better to just not bring it up whatsoever. And yet they did. And then they brought it back up coming back from commercial break, which was the thing that I couldn't get over. To me, the only reason to really get into it is if, A, you were prepared to talk about it in, in an in-depth and intelligent way, but w- w- is Summer League the, the appropriate place to do that? Or B, you had some actual breaking news, and, and that was the problem. They didn't have any breaking news. Their graphic was breaking news. The graphic said team expected to withdraw $7.9 million qualifying offer, but then Chris Haynes, who is their sideline reporter for Summer League, but also their breaking news person, uh, it said that, that that didn't say anything about that, said that the team is going to uh, get some clarity from this July 20th court date that Miles Bridges is is scheduled for. And then, as you point out, they chose then to come back from break and then and then what did what essentially was a puff hype piece on Miles Bridges asking the question, well, if Miles Bridges is released by the Charlotte Hornets, what could he bring to another team? Yeah, and- it kind of got there. We got to praising Miles on the court ability. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. What we've got in front of us right now are allegations. And so I think it's more than fair to not decide to talk about it until you have more information. Absolutely. Um, and and so, although one could argue, as as we've already discussed, that there's plenty of information out there right now um, where, where, where as a fan, you can make some judgments. Uh, the legal system still has to whine and do some things. But as a fan, you're you're more than welcome to make some judgments. But my my point on all of this is you, you again you didn't have to go down that road and you did it in a clumsy and an awkward way and it just didn't make any sense to me um so i i hope i hope you know they've got three more games i hope if they cho- choose to go down that road again that they a either have some actual breaking news or do it in a way that makes some sense you know why walker because I got a few comments and they weren't they weren't like nasty or or mean or anything but I got a few comments that were essentially like hey why are you talking about this so much and why are you talking about this in yeah, in such I an mean. in-depth way and the answer is because the conversation that you heard on NBA TV is the rule not the exception and and not the and honestly not the way it should be talked about and so that's why we talked about it the way we did because we're trying to present counter-programming to the way these things are sort of brushed off in conversations that I think Hornets fans are checking in on the team right now. Hornets fans that may not be aware of this situation at all are coming in to see what Mark Williams is doing and does is Kai Jones developing. And they get introduced to this where, where they don't even really discuss the charge at hand, the felony domestic violence charge. That's a serious charge. And they don't, and they don't, then they handle it as poorly as they did. I think it was not, not serving their viewers very well you got to be prepared to talk about it. If you go into this game knowing that you have the Charlotte Hornets and that Miles Bridges is a huge storyline, his domestic felony charge, domestic violence felony charge, is a big topic at hand when uh, when discussing the Hornets, you got to be prepared to talk about that. And they kept referring into it as a situation without first addressing what the situation was. So it was very vague. Nobody knew what they were talking about. There was a pause, an awkward one, of course, during this discussion, going to Chris Haynes, who then reveals exactly what's going on. And then they fumble trying to talk through it afterwards. They go to commercial break, they come back, and then you hear, okay, as far as on the court goes. Like, man, what? 
We just decided to on. run that back. Just move on. And the other thing I want to say real quick. Go to one of your double boxes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well we're going to get to the boxes. we're going to get to the double box right, in just please. a moment. Give me some I time. did want to discuss those comments that we got, Doug. I actually did have a problem with some of those comments, even if they weren't nasty in tone. And some of them, some of them were. Like some of them just outright said you shouldn't be talking about it and said some pretty disgusting things. But dude, that was coming up six days after the alleged incident. Six days. And people were already saying, oh, I'm so tired of hearing it about it. We don't have to talk about it forever. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get to a week before mm-hmm. you got tired of hearing about it. And we have not talked about the Miles situation every single segment of every single one of these recorded shows. And you still don't want to hear about it so much so that after six days, some comments came in before that. But a lot of them came in six days after. I think we had a conversation with Katie Heindel. Six days after that took place. Now, like, oh, look, I'm done with it. Like, okay, don't listen. I'm not trying to hear that, man. Like, I'm really not trying to read all about that. A week. Seriously, think about that. And you're already tired of hearing about it. And we don't talk about it every single segment. I read those comments, shook my head, and move on, man. It's not even worth it. You know, we'll address it here just so you know where we stand when we comment on that, when you comment on it. But that, that's the problem I have, man. Like it, and, it, it goes to show what the problem is. Thanks yeah. for contributing. And I think I think you are fair to feel that way, Walker. And if you're if you're if you were one of those people that that, that felt that way or commented that way, all I would all I would challenge you um, is to think about why it makes you uncomfortable, and, and maybe challenge yourself to be a little bit more uncomfortable around your sports, uh, and and challenge. You know why? Why we talk about these things? Why NBA TV talks about these things the way they do, and the impact that it can have on uh, women who watch the, the game, on the on women who have experienced the the things that uh, that that uh, Michelle uh, Johnson has experienced, and uh, that that's what I would challenge you with. Uh, and, and, but, but Walker, I, I get it. I mean, I get your, your feelings on it yeah. and, and the intensity of your feelings. I understand. Uh, but I would just challenge people to get a little bit uncomfortable every once in a while. Otherwise you'll end up like the announcers on NBA TV and fumbling and being awkward and not understanding the gravity of the situation. All right. We have beef with summer league. I have beef with some YouTube commenters. We also have beef with beef with the broadcast because of the double box thing. I mean, this has been this is the consistent problem we discuss because Doug, I know you are one that talks about it every single year. Been on this for years. Stop with the double box. So the double I, box is when they go to an interview yeah. with Steve Clifford or Scottie Pippen or whoever they want to bring on the show. They go to this double box, put put the interview and the game on the screen, but it reduces your game footage by, you know, some 60% it feels like. I mean, it turns it turns a 55-inch TV into a 30-inch TV. It's crazy. And the double boxes, again, they leave it on the screen the entire time. Why? Just go to, go, to, go to the interview every once in a while and then go back to the game full screen. I don't need to see Scottie Pippen on my television for that long. I get it. I mean, I, I get maybe the idea of wanting someone who's scrolling along to see Scottie Pippen. But just like alternate it. It was killing me. They leave it on way too well, long. It, it's an audible medium, Doug. The game is not. Right. I need you to go ahead see and the show game. the full. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta see the game because the most. Because during those interviews, the most commentary I'm getting is, "Oh, that was a nice finished inside. 
Oh, good pass to the corner. We if get it. Lucky. Scottie Pippen loves his son. Like, we get it. Yeah. And, I have and a baby. I, I love my baby. That. You don't want to see me during the game talking about how much I love my baby. You have broadcast teams all the time go into conversation mode, particularly during garbage time. And they'll talk about whatever, right? It's the classic John Gruden and Mike Tirico in the Monday Night Football booth making smoothies when some team is getting blown out by 35 points. And some This was a good game. It, it, it was a good game, so I wanted to see it, but you could also show it full screen, and Garbage Time probably has a couple similarities to Summer League because you might, in fact, I would venture a bet that you do know more players in Garbage Time that are out there in a regular season NBA game than you do for Summer League. And so it's okay to show the screen. You don't have to talk about it. Go with that interview with Scotty. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Utilize an NBA legend that's there whose son is playing on the court. Cool, right? I have no problem with you including him. I don't need to hear your commentary on the game. I also don't need to see Scottie Pippen's facial expressions with whatever he's saying about how he loves the game, about anything whatsoever. Same with Darvin Ham. Cool. I'm interested in what he has to say. I'm also interested to see the game. Like, go ahead and put that thing full screen. We can hear those guys. We don't need to watch them. Uh, the best is when they interview the coaches of the team and the co- now Darvin Ham. There's not a lot of players on the Lakers right now. They're probably going to make the the regular season rotation. A lot um, of Christie talk. <laughs> there's a lot of Christie talk, but I love when Clifford come comes on. Clifford's trying to watch. There are multiple players that he might have to consider playing uh, some valuable minutes mm-hmm. that are playing on the court right now, and Clifford's trying to pay attention to what they're asking him, but he's mi- mainly looking at the game. He's like. Uh, uh. <laughs> I just love that like interplay that's going on. Like Steve, Steve right. does not want to be answering these questions. He really wants to be just watching this game. Like all of us, we all want to watch the game. Let us watch the game, NBA TV and ESPN two and all of these other broadcasters. It's a small uh, box too, man. Like it, it'd be one thing if you just had them, like the guys, the broadcast team a little smaller. And then it's, it's yeah, I don't get it. Let's speaking of Scotty Pippen jr. Speaking of Scotty Pippen jr. Last thing on that. So Scotty was undrafted. So the Hornets could have theoretically picked up Scottie Pippen Jr. to put on their mm-hmm. roster. I just like, why would the Hornets not think about that? Why would the Hornets not Scotty pick up Pippen. Scottie Pippen Jr.? Hmm. Hmm. Let's think about that. Let's talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every single day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Going after a couple of guests, so continue to stay tuned with what we're putting out there on Locked On Hornets. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.